What is going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Colin Thompson Show. I am sitting here with Justin Ayers and Jack Connell. We are coming to you live from Panthers training camp here Sunday on the off day. I get to kick it with these guys. They've been working their asses off the last couple days here. Got here Thursday, practice Friday, practice Saturday, interview, splicing things up. Uh, you guys will see it all this week here at Not For Long Media and the Colin Thompson Show across our entire platform. Um, some awesome trivia the guys asked um, the guests around the campus. Some great interviews we got with players from all different positions, all different backgrounds. You know, Division One top tier recruits to, you know, guys that are on their second contract to, uh, you know, guys that play Division Two, II, Division Three football. So it's been uh, quite the weekend here in Carolina. We finished our first phase of training camp. Uh, and now we are on to our next phase, which is more of a padded period. And before you know it, like I said earlier, guys, we're into, we are into uh, you know, preseason games. We're less than two weeks away from our first game against the Commanders, uh, which will be nice. It'll be cool for me to go home. We just moved to Annapolis, so it should be, should be a great trip. So, Jay, how was the um, you know, weekend for you? It was great. I was telling uh, Jack on our podcast, like, just like year two, I know what I'm doing now. I know where to stand. I know like who to talk to. I I feel more you know connected. And I feel like I can really enjoy myself. Whereas last year I was really trying hard to you know be on it. And I you know be at the right place and, and you know try to record stuff one man bandit. So um, yeah, it's been great. I can't wait for for year three. Yeah, we're gonna definitely get you guys back down here year three, and maybe we'll have another person here, and the team will continue to grow. That is the plan here, at not for long media. Uh, Jack, how was the weekend for you? It was great. You know, finally being able to get down here, first flight, meet all of the players, everybody involved with the Panthers, do some interviews, some behind-the-scenes type stuff. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it really was a great weekend. And big thanks to our friends over at Fudge Kitchen, fudgekitchens.com, shipping fudge and sweet treats across the country. Wouldn't be able to be here and get you guys down here without them. The original Fudge Kitchen. We did some awesome social media stuff. Have we put that out yet, or we're, get, we're putting that out here soon, right? We're, we've been starting to slowly do some stuff yeah. that that was featured at the Fudge Kitchen in Ocean City, some boardwalk trivia. Yeah, so not for long media, Colin Thompson show. We're gonna have some stuff. We'll do some Breaking Bats trivia, probably our next round for them too. So we're gonna do some cross collaboration here with the Fudge Kitchen and things going on. But that's gonna be really a fun. It's gonna be fun. It's hysterical. I've already seen some of the beginning copies of it. Um, my apologies, it is not out yet. But Fudge Kitchen guys. Look, Brandon said it with our interview before. Brandon Zilstra, he's like, you got to hook me up with it, you know, with a package. We're gonna hook him up with a sweet, you know, couple boxes of fudge because you can really ship it across the country. That's the best part about it. The way they wrap it in the wax paper, I've been involved in their production. That's the coolest part about you know having them as a sponsor is I get to see what they do and actually believe in the stuff um, because it, it's a great product. So they ship it across the country. It is so fresh. It is so good. It's a perfect gift for anybody going through a tough time or a birthday or the holidays or whatever it may be. Uh, you can't go wrong with Fudge Kitchen. Fudgekitchens.com, shipping fudge and sweet treats across the country. Uh, okay, guys, so highlights of the weekend for you guys as we move forward here. Uh, Jack, we're going to start with you. I mean, just overall, I mean, we had a nice camera. I was telling Jay earlier, we had a nice, I think it was an intern. It's kind of helped around the camera when we were doing some interviews and stuff. I forget his name. What did you say his name was, Jay, that was helping us behind the camera? Baker. Baker. Yeah, he was a good dude. You know, he was helping us out. Baker who? I didn't catch his last name. I think I couldn't catch his last name, but yeah. he was helping out with your interviews. And yes, stuff. yes, yes. Baker Mayfield did join us and jump in on an interview here that will come out. Uh, we'll see if it's come out. We had a couple technical difficulties, which is a part of the game here. Um, and, and, you know, really on my end, just making sure I should have checked on a little bit better. But Baker jumped in on one of the interviews, and it's got a really cool clip. It's going to be great. We'll turn it into a social media. So, so still, still some content. Yeah. Well, we'll, that clip will get out there. It was, it was good. 
So Baker is a highlight for you. Justin, is he Baker also a highlight for you? You got to meet Sammy Darnold. He came over as well. The Darnold, yeah, he wanted to meet us. Yeah, I, I thought that was really cool because, you know, he wore the not the long hat in the press conference last year. He's always, I feel like from afar, he's, I feel like he's really supportive of us, um, you know, and, and you especially. So he is. Um, to, to see him come up and, and talk to us for a little bit was, was really, really cool. For him to wear the not for long media hat in the press conference has been huge for us. You know, I, you know, I think Will Conkle, shout out to Will. Um, you know, he's asked about my hat and all that stuff, and uh, it's just great, you know, for Sam to support us. He always rips the hat. We're going to get Sam on here, and we'll get Baker on. We're going to get a lot of guys on here in Carolina. We have a great team, a great group of guys, and, uh, you know, fortunate to, you know, go to work with them every day and then, you know, go to work with you guys. Having you guys here is something I'm so proud of. You know, for me, pat on the back to me to be able to, and our sponsors, to get you guys down here, right? That's that's pretty much what I'm saying. And then, you know, to get you guys the, the, the exposure, the experience and all that, I share with you guys all the time. Uh, it's such a fun thing for me. So shout out to our friends over at Tom Sleep. I talked about with to them with you guys before. Justin's actually had a couple of them. Um, it's awesome stuff. They do great work. I love what they do. It's changed my life. I take one every single night, especially during training camp. Um, it helps me sleep, helps me wind down. The magnesium in it just helps my muscles relax helps my body relax. It's not even, you know, it sounds like, oh, well, I don't need to relax and all that stuff because I'm not an athlete or all that, but we all have sleeping things going on that we need to, you know, work on or improve on. Or sleep can always be better. It's the number one way you recover, period. The whole ice tub thing, hot tub thing, no, you need to sleep. Try to get eight hours a night. That's what I try to do. Off season, in season, whatever. Tom Sleep helps me get that done. So use promo code Colin. All of our podcasts have their own promo code. Support whatever pod you'd like to support. But on this podcast, promo code Colin, get Psalm Sleep, the best sleep supplement around. No grogginess in the morning. You can't beat it. And then shout out to our friends over at SeatGeek. There's a lot, I mean, we're here. Preseason's on the way. We all know NFL tickets and tickets in general are not cheap. So to get, you know, 20, bu- 20 bucks off an order where, hey, you know, it's $50 or more. That's pretty normal. Tickets are not under 50 bucks. So, uh, Check them out, SeatGeek, promo code Colin Thompson. Again, Fudge Kitchen, thank you. Sound Sleep, thank you. And our friends over at SeatGeek, thank you. Support them, guys. We appreciate them. All right, so I digress. Let's just transition to football questions for you guys. And we didn't even go over this, but I want to hit on this because we're talking football. We're here for training camp. You know, falls in the air. Is there a moment of time for you, Justin, where you're like, okay, football season here. It's, it's, a, it's a date. It's a preseason game. It's a kickoff of the first game. It's the first, you know, wisp of cool air that goes through the Maryland area. What is that for you, and what are you looking forward to this season? I think it starts with the Hall of Fame game, the, the infamous Hall of Fame game. The, you know, the field one year, I think it was so messed up they couldn't even play on it. Just that, when you see that on your TV on like a Thursday night, you just hear familiar voices again. Like, I don't know what network calls it, but if it's like Al Michaels or something, you're just like, yes, that's... That's, that's when football really starts to kick in. Um, you know, in preseason when it was four weeks, it was, you know, unless you're watching for, for a guy like Colin out there, it's, it's really hard from a fan's perspective to get you know, jazzed up about one quarter of starters and three quarters of, of you know, not necessarily household name guys. But um, I, I think the preseason's cool. But, uh, yeah, I, I think Hall of Fame games really what's, what sets all this off. What about you, Jack? Well, having, I think mine is just having played and now watching. It's definitely what will be essentially Monday, the first day of padded practices is the start for me. And then when I really feel it is like that first, like you mentioned, that first fall day when you're checking your fantasy lineups week one, I think those are kind of the two points for me. I'm like, football's here. Well, as a thought just popped into my head, I want to make sure, well, for me, I guess, let me say this. To answer my own question, what football is for me, anytime after July 4th hits. 
the minute July 4th hit, hits and when July 5th, you know, it comes and then it goes and it from July 5th until training camp, it flies by. And that's like a period of usually health for me and really dialed in on my training and my diet and all those things. That isn't always a really interesting time, um, nonetheless. But to me, that's when football season starts. And then being from the Northeast and, you know, playing football in high school into December, we were very fortunate to play on some great teams and play in state semifinals and win a state final. Um, when the weather starts to turn, when sun is going down and practice is still going, that's when it's like business time. That's when you know it's like, okay, it's really time to go. You know, the summer heat is, is came and went, but now it's time to really go. So for me, uh, I would say after July, you know, July 5th, football season is coming quicker than you think. And then that kind of first wisp in the air is like, all right, playoff football's here, and hopefully we can be a part of that here uh, in Carolina. All right, guys, so we need to talk about Chipotle. <laughs> Shout out to Chipotle. No free ads. Um, as I want to give somebody a free ad on here, but we have you know a company that's delivering food to us. They're calling right now, so uh, we're going to let that go. Nonetheless, um, no free ads uh, for Chipotle. If Chipotle, you want to sponsor the podcast, we'd love to have you. Love your product. I'm there all the time. So I take the boys to Chipotle the other day, and they get into town. Got to do a quick, quick dinner, quick debrief, and let's go from there. I order my normal meal. Justin gets you know rice and some chicken and some veggies. What do you order, Jack? All right. Do I, I'll say it first, and I'll say my reasoning. I literally just got steak on a burrito. Or not even steak, chicken on a burrito. Chicken on a tortilla or whatever, yeah. a burrito wrap. Yeah, tortilla. All right. And, and you rolled it up, and the guy looked at you and said, that's it? The thing was smaller than my fist. Yeah. Okay. So they were out of steak, they were out of cheese, and they were out of queso. I'm not a big rice guy or veggie guy with my burrito or any of that sort of stuff. How are you stuff. not a rice guy? Who doesn't like it? doesn't taste like anything. I don't dislike rice. Exactly. It doesn't taste like anything. I don't dislike it. Like, if it's given to me, I will eat it. I'm not going to say, you, I won't eat that. But I'm not going to go out of my way and get it. Like, it doesn't add anything for me. So it was like, they're out of steak, they're out of cheese and queso. And I usually just do like a double meat and some cheese, you know, almost like basically a quesadilla just in a burrito form. I mean, and they were out of half of that. So I was just left with what I had. I wasn't, I got my chips afterwards, but there was no queso to go with my chips either. So I was left with some dry nachos. So it was out of my hands. An interesting order, nonetheless, from Jack the Pack. Justin, what did you get? I thought you, you know, I thought your order could have been better, but it was still solid. Chicken, rice, and vegetables. I think that's a staple. If you're inviting like a girl over to your house, you're like, hey, I'll cook for you for the first time. That's usually what you know guys like us traditionally make as the first date. Like, hey, babe, I'll cook for you meal. Hey, babe. Yeah, oh, babe like, on the first date. Well, you know, if you get to that point. But I, I think chicken and rice is just like a staple of the American diet, and I, I think it's a solid choice. But for to, for you to say you don't like rice, that's just I don't dis I don't I don't like rice. I don't dislike rice. It's just there. You gotta carve up. You gotta get carbs from potatoes and other sorts of meats. Yeah. Like, but it, again, like it's, I don't dislike rice. I will eat rice if it's given to me. But I'm not gonna it's a, go it's, out it's, listen, rice. The fact that you don't mention rice as something you enjoy is a red flag. The fact that you did not mention you didn't put rice on your burrito when we went to Chipotle is a red flag. That's the bottom line. Whether they have queso or not, I mean, there's plenty of options there. It's I digress. Better, it's better we get this out now. Like we're just letting our viewers yeah. know, our, our our listeners know that. Hey, listen. Um, I'm a picky eater myself. I love chicken tendies way too much. But you know what? I'm pushing myself to, to try every single day to be a better version of Justin and try new things. What do you dip your chicken tendies in? Honey mustard, usually. Barbecue sauce? Yeah. What about ranch? Not a big ranch guy. Yeah. But no, I, I've been made fun of. I've been the chicken tendy guy for 20 years now. So got to work on that. 
All right, we cut back in here. Sorry about that, folks. The, uh, we're not going to shout out, but the food delivery service, uh, if, if any of the food delivery services want to work with us here at Not For Long Media, we'd love to have you. Um, they kept calling and calling and calling, so all good. We just took a little break in the action to pick up the food. Um, so we talked about the burrito order from Jack that was very concerning. We talked about Justin's interesting decision on that's what he would make if he had a date at the house for a babe. I drop babe casually. I don't, you know, I, I call everybody babe, like Alex Ovechkin. You say, I, hey, babe. Yeah, I, yeah, babe, oh, yeah, that's pretty. Are you babing guys? Are you broing guys? No, I'm not a bro. I'm not a bro guy. What's up, bro? I might drop a bud in there. Yeah, bud. So so he's a, a big buddy guy. He's called me buddy about seven times Did, this week. Has that been rubbing you the wrong way? It it's doesn't. Not... And someone I know, it doesn't rub me the wrong way. If it's like someone out in the like public, like a stranger, like watch out, buddy. It's but at... like with someone I know, like it doesn't phase me. No, there could be a there could be a sharp buddy. Like all right, buddy. Like that's a sharp buddy. But like if you're just like all right, hey buddy, can you do that for me? Like, what about pal? Not a big pal guy. Oh, I just say dude, like or their name. Like, I'm not really like a nickname. Like I'm nicknamed like for the specific person, but I don't call anybody like a set specific. What type. if you forget someone's name? Chief. My guy. My guy. Partner. Chief. Partner. Or in Louisiana, they say my partner. <laughs> I've been talking to Sully and some LSU guys on Team Dante Jackson, and I've been learning some of the you know deep rooted Cajun lingo. My partners. P O T N A. We're gonna have Sully and D Jack on. <laughs> Sully, you guys don't know this, but we've been talking, but I shouldn't even say this on air, but I'm going to. Hey, we're working on a podcast together. Yeah. Like a whole show? Or a just... show. Oh. Another not for long media show. You interviewed him last year. Stevon Sullivan. Yeah. Tight end, Carolina Panthers. We'll talk about it later. We can't talk about it right now. We cannot disclose any more. But we can disclose more about our friends at the original Fudge Kitchen. Check them out, guys. Again, reminder to check out our friends at Tom Sleep, promo code Colin, and our friends over at Seat promo code Colin Thompson. Okay. Back by popular demand, thank you everyone who's been leaving your comments, sharing what bars you want me to review. I have to go to the bar to review it, folks. So it's a process. A lot of these bars are bars that I've been to. I've been to enough bars. <laughs> I don't have anything I'm proud of. I've been to enough bars, obviously, to get us through a good period of time here. So I'll get us through the season, and then I'll start checking out all the bars that people are reviewing. Please send in your videos. Please send in your comments of your review of a bar. I think that's one thing we've got to talk about. You know, people always send Portnoy places to try for pizza, but if you like a bar, well, send me the bar, but also give your review of the bar with our kind of grading system. And if there's anything I need to edit in my grading system, please do. So the bar of the week this week is my favorite bar on the planet, and it's called the Half Shell Raw Bar, and it's in Key West, Florida. The Half Shell, it's just near and dear to my heart. It's a place I've been going since I was a little boy with my family. There's families that are in there. There's fishermen that are in there. It has everything in between that you like in Key West for that type of demographic. People come right off the boat and tell the fish stories. You bring your fish that you caught on the boat and bring it right in and the cook took it up in the back. The bartenders are the best in town. They're the nicest people. You know, we've, we've got the new ownership there. We've got the new bartenders there that have been there for 30, 40 years. These are people that I've known forever. A group of bartenders came up to my game this year. We played Miami this year. So it's become more than just another bar. It's become a part of kind of our family and a place that we go to in the off season, a place that we go to and have great food and great service. So Hashtag Raw Bar, Key West, Florida is the bar of the week this week. TVs, you're not really going for the TVs, but they have solid TV, so it's a three out of five. Cold beer, five out of five. They're on ice, they're in a freezing cold fridge. So five out of five on the cold beer, a rare five out of five on the cold beer. Food and ambiance, awesome seafood, great food. The ambiance is through the roof though. 
everything from the shuffleboard table to the walls being covered in license plates to you know the fish that you could see the boats coming in you know with fresh catch and all the activity that comes off the water to you know the people sitting in the front to just the just the cool vibe in the place so ambiance five out of five with the food tied to it and then the service five out of five you know joe michelle greg all the great bartenders stevie all the great bartenders servers managers hanya that we've got to know over the years there it's five out of five it's it's uh it's the standard in town when it comes to service so this week's bar of the week half shell raw bar 18 out of 20 a very high score uh it's my it's one of my favorite places to go in the world so shout out to the half shell raw bar in key west florida the bar of the week here at the Colin show all right guys so we talked about fudge kitchen we talked about psalm sleep we talked about sea geek we talked about the bar of the week we talked about jack's questionable i mean disturbing order at chipotle nonetheless and we talked about justin calling babes babe on the first date um, so that's great. Uh, other than that, boys, I think that does it. Any other comments here? No, I, I, I think it's been a great three or four days. Looking forward to editing all of this stuff together uh, and you know putting it out there for the world to see. Yeah, I'm excited to see how all of this. I mean, all of the video quality and everything we shot this week has been beautiful. So I'm excited for the masses to see what we've put together. No doubt, we are uh, up in our game here. We got new cameras. We got all the fancy stuff that you guys are kind of pushing me in the direction to get. So I appreciate your, you know. Support on that. We have an awesome team here at Not For Long Media. Jack and Justin, you know, are really just you know the tip of the iceberg. There's there's a whole group below that just do amazing, amazing work for us. So thank you to our team that make this possible. Really can't thank you guys enough. It's been an unbelievable ride. We're continuing to grow. We're continuing to continue to expand. We're continuing to move people up through the kind of through the media company, and uh, it's been a blast for me to do while I'm playing. So again. Big shout out to those people at home. Thank you, everyone who made this possible. Thank you to the Panthers for allowing us to get these interviews. Um, you know, thank you for you know the team and not for Long Media for making this all possible. And then big thanks to Justin and Jack again for coming down here, taking time out of your own personal lives, away from work, away from life, uh, to come down here and, and capture some awesome moments with fans, with players, with staff, media members. Um, it's been a blast. So thank you guys. And that does it for another episode of the Colin Thompson Show. What episode do we have coming out this week, Jack? It just reminded me. We have Nikki Pumpkins. Oh, boy, oh, boy. So this week's episode, and again, we're, we're doing things in order, but out of order, and you know, we're, we're interviewing people now that are gonna come out in six weeks, eight weeks, so it's been fun and unique in that sense. But this intro is coming out for this week, first week of August. And the first week of August, yes, means preseason football, but it also means Premier League soccer, or football, as they say overseas. So I'm a Tottenham fan, it's no secret now. You know, Nick Pumpkin though is coming on to talk about the Premier League. And we are so jacked, we are so excited to have Nicky Pumpkin on because Nick has a wealth of knowledge about the Premier League, like unbelievable. This is his first interview, guys, ever, period, when it comes to you know, face-to-face -face camera, radio, and Nick knocks it out the park. He gives people a reason to watch the Premier League. He gives people a reason to watch certain teams, if you're looking for to, to pick up a team and adopt a team as yours. He talks about the storylines as offseason. He talks about all the different, you know, uh, the history of the leagues and how these kids play for the leagues and these teams at young ages, ages and then they move up through the ranks and play for the same team that they started playing for from their hometown and then they play in the number one league in the world and then what relegation is and what's the championship league and what's the champions league and all these kind of interesting things they play in, you know, really European soccer, but most importantly, the Premier League. So. This episode with Nick Brown is awesome. Chef Nick Brown, 
Check him out on Instagram. He's an awesome personal private chef, does catering. He's fantastic, unbelievable food. He does, you know, cooks all over the Northeast. He'll come to you. But, you know, most importantly, he's a great friend, a great guy. He's got awesome knowledge of the Premier League. We kind of stumbled upon it on July 3rd, July 4th. And he said, I'll come on the show and talk about it. So I hope you guys uh, enjoy the work that you guys did and we did here in Carolina with all my teammates and all the people we interviewed. But I hope you really enjoy this interview with Chef Nick Pumpkin. He is the absolute man. Again, check him out. Nick Brown, Chef Nick Pumpkin, talking Premier League because, hey, it's starting this week. Thanks for tuning in. This is another episode of the Colin Pumpkin Show. Thanks, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I present to you Biscuits and Tea with Chef Nikki P. Nikki Pumpkin. Nick Brown, how you doing, buddy? Very well. How you doing, Kyle? I'm doing great, buddy. I appreciate you joining us here at the Colin Thompson Show. So this is fun for me because I get to have my friends on the show, and it's my show, and I get to pick what I want. And, you know, I've become great friends with Nick, uh, and it's been quite a journey just talking to you and the things you've been involved in. Uh, you played, you know, football at Delaware. Kind of. You kind of, but you got recruited and you did get a scholarship. So you played football at Delaware. You, you know, went to, you lived in Senegal. You just have a crazy story. So I appreciate you coming on. Dude, happy to be here. And uh, talk about me being a chef. I was listening to your show. You were talking about your 4th of July meat extravaganza. I was there. Unbelievable, man. The brisket, oh, the ribs. Like you put the work in and it's amazing stuff. Thank you. Thank you. I just copy people that have been on our show before, like our boy, how to barbecue, right? Malcolm Reed, meat church. I just copy. I, I don't was when it comes to baking, which is pretty much what we're doing on the smoker. You can't really free ball it, you know? Totally. But copying is the name of the game. Every chef in the world copies from each other. Recipes exactly. are built on other recipes. It's, but it's the execution and the technique. So before we get into Premier League, because that's why Nick's joining us today, Premier League has taken off in this world, and we have to address it. I've become a fan. I have the hat. I got the shirt. I couldn't find my jersey. I'm a Tottenham fan. The people that listen to this podcast know that. We're going in March to go to a go to a match over there, so we're excited for that. But before we get into it, uh, talk about what you're up to now, what your work is, Chef Nick Pumpkin. Talk all about this stuff. Yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, since I got back from Senegal, I was doing – Agriculture over there. I uh, started working as a private chef, uh, my own business, chefnickbrown.com. So I'm a private personal chef. I work in New York City on the Hamptons, was on the tip of Long Island, doing parties, catering, um, you know, just kind of working with these families and doing my own thing and really enjoying it. I love it, man. I love it. That's fantastic. And, you know, we've gotten to know each other pretty well. And then all of a sudden you bring up the Premier League. Nick is a gift that keeps on giving. There's probably a hundred more things I don't know about you that I'm that we'll talk about on this podcast. But the one thing is Nick can run through the Premier League. And we're going to do that today. We're going to have some fun. Let's do it, man. I think the first thing that we're going to ta tackle is the love for the Premier League because it's really taken off in the States, right? It's everybody has a team or everybody – at least knows about it, whether you're a fan or not, they know of, you know, Arsenal and Liverpool and Manchester United and all these different big teams, but there's a lot of different storylines. So from your perspective, why is Premier League so strong in the States and just so strong over general to watch? Yeah, I love that. The Premier League, the States are ready for it because everyone's been playing FIFA for generations, but no one's actually watched the actual game that it's based on. So the re I love the Premier League. I think it's just an amazing sports league. And I think it all starts with the relegation system. 
So relegation system, there are 20 teams in the Premier League. The bottom three every year drop down in the second league. And in theory, that system goes all the way down to Sunday leagues, like your dad and uncle going out and playing after church on a Sunday. It's entirely connected all the way up to the top. So at the end of every season, the bottom three in the Premier League drop out. The top three from the league below go up to the Premier League. And this is huge. This is, it, the difference in money between being in the Premier League and then being in the second division is literally billions of dollars. So it just creates so much pressure. Every single game is important because of this. There are 20 teams. You play each other team two times, once at home, once away. It's simple. And, you know, a lot of Americans say, all right, ties. I can't handle ties. What are, what are they doing? But think about it, that tie is so incredibly important. You know, every single game, it's like March Madness. You know, it's just these guys, there's so much passion. The fans are incredible. Um, you know, more in a just day to day. I love that these games are in the middle of the day. So they're at night over in the UK, but here they're at 3 p.m., 1 p.m. And on weekends or in the mornings, like we're working at home, put a Premier League game on in the background. It's just amazing to, to watch. Or if you're in a meeting, it's just great to have on there. And also it's a two hour game max. You know, if a game starts at three, that game is ending at five. It's not, you know, three hours or overtime or commercials. It's 45 minutes, no commercials, halftime, 45 minutes. So I find it to be like a really enjoyable experience. And they're doing a really good job of marketing the sport to the U.S. So NBC USA has picked up the coverage. And everyone that we see watching Premier League in America, that is tailored for the American audience. So they are using terminology we understand. They're using cultural references that Americans get. And they just do an awesome job putting together these packages. So, you know, most weekends, every single team is going to play. And, you know, I'm, I'm a chef. I'm out. You know, I'm, I'm working. I'm preparing. I miss a lot of games. NBC does this amazing job of putting together these 12 to 15-minute highlights of each game. So I'm super excited to get home, and I just rip through all of them. And it's all the most important parts of the game. You basically get a gist of exactly what was going on. And it's an amazing way to stay up with the sport, even if you miss the game. Um, you know, also on an international standpoint, Premier League is the best soccer league in the world. It's not even close. Like, the other leagues are amazing, have amazing teams. La Liga has Real Madrid, Barcelona. Those are two incredible teams. The rest of the league is kind of garbage, you know, and they're just, I like when I watch Spanish soccer, it, to me, it feels like, like an NBA all-star game, you know, like, all right, we're on, we're on offense now. We're going to go down. We're going to do some tricks, you know, we're going to, and then if the other team steals the ball, everyone just backs up, you know, it's like, all right, come on, bring it towards our goal. The premier league is intense, man. It is every single team can beat every other team any day of the week. So that is resulting in these English teams doing really well on the international stage as well, which we'll talk about a little bit. It's starting here in August. The length of it too, it is really accessible. It's like, okay, when do I want my sports? Well, the summer's fun. I have a lot going on. I'm traveling, I'm working, whatever it may be, especially from the Northeast. It's the best time of year. Yep. And that's when it's not going on. But then it happens in August when you're like kind of jonesing for sports again and baseball is getting old. Perfect. It comes up, we're rolling. And then when's it end? Uh, June? Ends in like May or June. It's such a short off season. It's like six Crazy. to seven weeks off season. These guys play all year round. It's really impressive. Like I, I feel horrible after games. Now, obviously, it's a different sport. I think that's the one thing too that 
people get hung up on when I bring it to Premier League, they say, I'm just not a soccer guy. And I was not a soccer guy. I became a fan because during COVID, you know, we had a lot of opportunities to have some beverages, right? And say one, you know, it's a Sunday morning and you want to have brunch and the game's on. And my buddy, Scotty from K May is a huge Liverpool fan. And he handed me a jersey and said, we're going to a pub. We're going to watch this game at 10 a.m. together. I'll, you know. But trying to course me to go. I'll pick up the tab. I'm like, yeah, exactly. All right, great. I'll come with you. So we sat there, had beers, watched the game. The crowd around us had, you know, friendly couple, you know, bucks on the game. And we cheered for Liverpool because that's what everyone was cheering for. And they ended up winning it that year. And I was like, all right, I'm all in the Premier League, but I'm not coming in Mm -hmm. as a, you know, as a as a Liverpool fan, I can't come in at the top. <laughs> so I found Tottenham through you know three fan, three or four friends in Key West us three days in a row, and I've told the story on here before how I became a Tottenham fan, and and now I follow them. Uh, we're going to a game, but I think the one thing that people struggle with, and I rent for its football, and you know the the pain is these guys are rolling around on the ground for just getting bumped. Talk about the game though, because once you follow the game, it's a part of the game in its own way. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And, you know, I honestly, I played football here in America. It drives me crazy, the rolling around the ground. I, I hate it. We just have to be honest with it as soccer fans. We can mute that. We can restart over. Yeah, how do I? Um, Chloe. Probably top right corner. <laughs> Sorry about that, bud. You're good. Do not disturb. Got it. There you go. All right. Where should I start off from? Are I'll you- just ask you the question again, and we'll go from there. All right, so the one thing, like I mentioned, football and people, you know, being sore are players rolling around on the ground. You know, I think that's the one holdup when I when I say, yeah, I love the Premier League. Everyone's like, what? You're a football guy? You love soccer? And I'm going to get into watchability and learning how to watch the game. I think that's important. But talk about people rolling around on the ground. It drives me nuts. Just like it drives everyone else nuts. I played football here. You know, as Americans, we're taught to, you know, put some, rub some dirt on it, move on. Don't make a big deal of an injury. Like if you're down, you better be injured. The reality is it's just, it's the culture of the game and it's, it's not changing. So I just accept it. There's so many more pros about the sport that I love. There's these guys are incredible athletes. They're playing, you know, average of two games a week and they're running like 13 miles a game. You know, this is like running a marathon a week while also being incredibly skilled um, but the the rolling around the ground and the time wasting at the end of games, you know, it's anything you can do to waste time, you know, kicking out of bounds, you know, guys will get injured out of bounds and they'll scooch themselves back in bounds because that means that, you know, the play has to stop and the medical staff has to come over. It's it's frustrating. I get frustrated. I watch every single game and I still get frustrated with it. But I've accepted the fact that it's a reality of the game. I love this sport. There's way more pros than there are those few cons. Um, but I I won't tell those people any different. I get it. I understand how frustrating it is. Yeah, it is. It is frustrating. Once you understand the showmanship behind it, the gamemanship, all the things that come with the game, like early in the game. When goals need to happen, like no nobody's laying on the ground. Like we got to – unless they're tactic, unless you're playing a better team and you need to slow the game down. So then that, that gets you to another level of the game. It's deep-rooted, like you said. There's lots of history in it. Once you start learning about the history and then you, you talked about relegation, like three teams, if you lose, like imagine the NFL, the worst three teams going to another league and then three yeah. teams from like another league come up and play. And then you could go into another league from the Premier League if you're really good, the top four teams. Yeah. Like I think that's really interesting. But I think the one thing – is you have to learn how to watch soccer, just like any sport. 
Mm-hmm. Once you learn how to watch soccer, you really enjoy the game. You learn to value a quick give and go. You learn to value a big save. You learn to value the intricacies of different things. Yeah. But watching the game, learning how to watch the game is important to me. I totally agree. And I want to quickly mention, you were talking about you know, that relegation system and how important it is. So there's actually been an influx of American owners in the Premier League. So Americans own Manchester United. They own Liverpool. And when they all started coming in, they looked around to these other English owners and said, what are you all doing with this relegation system? Lock off the top 20 teams. So look at the NFL, not to pick on the Cleveland Browns, but these guys said the Cleveland Browns are making billions of dollars every year when they were, you know, winning a couple games every year for decades. So why would you put yourself up to this risk of going down? And just to speak on the culture again, these these English owners said, this is our culture. This is just the way it works here. And I totally agree. Learning how to watch the game, it also comes with experience. You know, like the more you watch it, the more you're going to be like, that was an unbelievable play. And you'll start to see these little intricacies of the game. Like when I'm watching a football game, I'm oftentimes watching the linemen, linebackers, tight ends. And that's, you know, that's the game for me. If I have an amazing block, you know, no one else is looking at that, but I'm loving it. And you're going to find what you love about the soccer game. You know, the physicality guys, the speed, they can rip these shots. The They're so forward thinking. You know, that net, you know, I was talking to my girlfriend, Chloe, played college across with Sydney. And she was saying she misses those moments where your body does something without you even have to think about it. You know, just being this amazing athlete. And that's what these guys are. And women, you know, is there's no female Premier League. But, um, yeah, I. If the more you watch it, the more you're going to enjoy it. And also, it just is a good viewing experience. The The British announcers are eloquent. They're, they know the game. They're funny. They make fun of each other. It's they, they add that kind of element to it as well. And you hear the crowd going, like, that was something I'd like to do. Whether I know anything that's going on or not, it's a great thing to have coffee to in the morning. You know, per- breakfast with the Premier League. You're right. They promote the heck out of it for the States, yeah. even though it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon over there. Definitely. It's unique, and there's a lot of unique things about the Premier League. I think the one thing is, like, there's a – for in America, we have, like, a trade deadline and, like, free agencies in the off season. Not so much in the Premier League. Can you explain uh, how they handle everything, what they call it? Yeah, so they have a transfer window. They have two transfer windows. So they have the summer and they have the winter. So also it works differently. Basically, these guys – are value to these teams. You can almost think of it as stocks where say, I'm going to buy a Colin Thompson in his second year in the pros. I'm going to buy him low. He's going to do really well. And I'm going to sell him high. And that money goes directly back into the club and they use that as their transfer budget. So it's, you know, they talk about it being business and it really is. So these transfers are huge. You know, they're really important. They pay a lot of money up to a hundred million euros, which right now at the dollar, like hundred million dollars for some of these players. And some of them can be a bust, you know, I'll tell you, so there's some huge transfers this off season, you know, we're right in the middle, we're right at the end of the summer transfer. And the biggest target was this kid named Erling Holland. This kid was playing in Germany. He's an absolute Mustang. He's like six foot five. He runs like the wind. He kicks with both feet. His dad was a premier league player. He was the top target. Everyone thought he was going to go to Real Madrid or Barcelona, but he went where his dad used to play at Man City. And Man City just won the Premier League. So the rich get richer. Pretty unbelievable offseason from them. They also picked up Calvin Phillips, who's on the English national team. They just they won the Premier League. They were completely dominant. And they picked up two of the top players in the transfer market. It's pretty unbelievable. What other storylines went across the Premier League that kind of shift that really how the landscape of the league looks? 
So it, a lot of this is these, these big money transfers and clubs deciding to invest in them or not. Because two things happen in these big money transfers. The moment that you are brought in for $100 million, the expectations are unbelievable. And the English news media is ridiculous. Honestly, it's you could call an English newspaper and be like, I heard that Romelu Lukaku is going to Liverpool and they would run it. So the rumors just fly absolutely everywhere. So when these things actually go down, these big money deals, the expectations on the player, the expectations on the team, they fire coaches like sometimes two in a season. You know, you don't get that two or three year grace period that we do in American sports pretty often. You need to have success right away. So this year, Liverpool also dipped their toes in big. Darwin Nunes, $85 million. This kid's coming out from Benefica. Huge expectations on him. So they're in the middle of the preseason right now. They're playing in Singapore. They're playing in Thailand. It's more of like a, a show. You know, they're trying to grow the sports like the NBA in China. They they sub out every single player every 10 minutes. And the media is already on this guy, Darren Nunes, for not scoring a goal. He's in an exhibition game. He's playing like 20 minutes. But you can see the huge pressure that's on him. Another example of this is Manchester United. They bought this guy, Paul Pogba, a couple of years ago for $100 bucks. And they just lost, they lost him to Juventus. He went on a free transfer to Juventus. They bought him back for another $100 million. And he just left again on a free transfer. Can you explain free transfer, what that means? So this is really interesting, Colin. And I have questions about this as well. So basically, you're under contract with the Carolina Panthers. Correct. So if you want to go to another team and say, hey, I want to go play hometown. I want to go play for the Eagles. You can kind of talk to your team. The team's going to gauge your interest and your worth. They're going to talk to the Eagles, see if they can come up with a deal. The Eagles say, you know, I'll pay $100 million to Colin Thompson. But if you're out of contract, this is your last year in your contract, you can wait to end your contract, and then you can go anywhere you want. You know, you're not under contract with the team. My question for these guys is why extend these contracts? Wait until the end of your contract. Go to another team that you want to go to for free, and then the expectations are really down on you. You know, this team didn't pay $100 million for you, so it allows you to open the season with a little more freedom. Got it. So a free transfer is pretty much a free agent. Exactly. And your sport, your Spurs cleaned up on free transfers. Yes, they did. Talk about my Spurs a little bit, please. They're, they won the transfer window for me. It's like not even close. They picked up Ivan Perisic on a free transfer. This guy is a winner. He's been to a World Cup final. He's he's a veteran. He scores goals. Picked up a backup goalie, Fraser Foster, for free. This guy's a monster. He's like six foot nine. It's free. They picked up a young defensive center midfielder, Yves Basuma. Kid is electric. He's got a ton of talent. And then they poached Everton's best player, Richarlison. The only reason an Everton fan has a reason root for Everton right now. This guy's insane. Scores goals. He's intense. He gets into dirty tackles. But his intensity is amazing. And he said he is going to play Champions League this year for the first time with Tottenham. And that's the reason he came over to Spurs. So your coach, Antonio Conte, loves picking up free transfers more than he loves smoking cigarettes. <laughs> I heard he's into cigarettes. Do you have any stories about that? I think we talked about one the other day. I just heard that he, he's jonesing before the end of the first half, and he goes and smokes a cigarette halftime before doing his team talk. I love it. Hey, man, he's a true Italian then, right? He's a true European. Yeah, and he came uh, in and he wants to win. Talk about the Champions League. There's the Championship League. There's yeah. the Premier League. There's the Champions League. Can you talk about the Champions League? Definitely. And this confused me at first. Um, so the Champions League is basically the college football playoff. 
So you have these top leagues around Europe. You have the English league, the Spanish league, the German league, the Italian league. Those are the big four leagues. So at the end of every season, the top four from those leagues are entered in this pool along with the winner of every other league in Europe. So like uh, Portugal gets two, but Denmark probably only gets one. Russia gets one. So then all these club teams go into basically a, a World Cup that is an entire season long. So it's congruent with the Premier League season. So oftentimes they'll play the Champions League games on Wednesdays, and then you'll play your, your actual league on the weekend. So the Champions League is it. It's huge, man. It's the biggest trophy there is in the world, in sports. You know, the whole world watches this sport. It's just the fandom is incredible. And it's amazing to see Liverpool play Real Madrid, these two giants of Europe with two different cultures and styles. You know, it's like the first time that NFL conferences started playing out of, or pardon me, NCAA conferences started playing out of conference games. You know, it's like Oregon playing Alabama for the first time. So it is, um, it's the end all be all. So this year when the Champions League starts, just keep in mind, those are the winners from last season. So the winners from last season of their leagues are going to enter the Champions League this year. They'll play a group stage where they all play each other, advance to knockout stages, and then knockout stages, one game at home, one game away. You know, aggregate goal total out of those two moves on, and the Champions League final is the biggest game there is. And Real Madrid won last year, beating my Liverpool. Lots of good stuff here by Chef Nicky Pumpkin. Biscuits and tea with <laughs> Nicky, Nicky P. Yeah, so... Other storylines before we move on to explaining more different tournaments that go on throughout the season. Yeah. So I think we just need to bask in this time in the Premier League that we have the two greatest teams to have ever played English soccer. Man City and Liverpool are the two greatest teams ever over the last four or five years. Their their rivalry is engaging. They're dominant teams. Every time they play each other, it's an amazing game. It's not a snooze fest. It's never a blow. It's often like 3-2, you know, 2-1. They have two amazing coaches, Pep Guardiola, Man City. This guy like invented that tiki-taka Barcelona style with Messi back in the day. He's won everywhere he's gone. And Liverpool has Jurgen Klopp, this fun German guy who says he plays heavy metal soccer. That's his style. And these guys respect each other. The competition is intense. Um, you know, even though Man City won last year, Liverpool lost by one point, you know, and it came down to the last day. The year before, Liverpool won. Man City was second, I think, just a couple points behind. The year before that, Man City won. Liverpool behind by one point. That year, Man City was the greatest Premier League team of all time, and Liverpool was the second greatest Premier League team of all time as far as the amount of points that they got. So we just need to recognize how amazing these two teams are. I think, too, the one they, they all have cool slogans like Premier League. It, they all have some cool traditions. I like typing in you know the songs and all these different things. But when it comes to Liverpool, you'll never walk alone. And they sing that. And it's a whole thing. Like, it's hard for me. I support them because of my buddy Scott, but I'm a Tottenham fan. But I think that's a really cool tradition and part of the game. Dude, it's it's unbelievable. It gives me chills every single time. Uh, I read some interviews from some opposing players that – so basically what Colin's referencing is Liverpool's slogan, you never walk alone. They have a song that the whole stadium sings in unison. It's this soaring song. And an opposing player said that, you know, they have the mindset going out. We're going to play in Anfield. That's Liverpool's home stadium. You know, they got the game plan in their mind. We're not going to listen to the crowd. We're just going to ignore them. And they said they get out there and they sing that song right before they kick off. And they say it's impossible to ignore. It just shakes you immediately. 
you forgot what you're going to do in the first 20 minutes and Liverpool gets off on the right foot immediately. So it's, it's incredible. The connection between the fans and the players, you know, it's a whole lifestyle for a lot of these fans over there. I, I don't think I would be starting the day at 5am singing songs the entire day until 8pm, but I'm glad they do it. And I'm glad I get to listen to it. I think I could do it. And I'm going to try my darndest. <laughs> I'm going to try my darndest Nick when I'm over there to do it. <laughs> All right, so we're going to get into some rapid fire stuff about each team. We're going to, I'm going to touch on the top four teams and the bottom, uh, you know, three teams that got relegated here in a second. But can you talk about the other tournaments that go on throughout the season? Again, folks, they have a regular season schedule Tottenham, and let me touch on the four teams that top placed in the top four. Man City obviously won it with 93 points, Liverpool, 92 points in second, Chelsea, 74. Tottenham 71. You could see the drop off there between the top two teams and kind of Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal came in fifth. Manchester United came in sixth. So they go up to the Champions League mm -hmm. and then three teams get relegated down. Burnley, Wofford, Norwich, and we have new teams this year, which we'll get into. Mm -hmm. But they play a schedule, like you mentioned. Every weekend there's a Premier League game. During the week, Wednesdays, there's a Champions League game, but then during the season, there's a break and there's also tournaments that go on. Can you explain? Yeah, just Europeans love trophies, man. They just love them. They want to rack them up. It's a thing they talk about all the time. How many trophies do win? I want to win so many trophies this year. So there are countless tournaments. So basically, Champions League, the best club teams in Europe. That's the big one. Each country has their own league, like the Premier League. And then inside England, they have multiple tournaments, but the biggest one is called the FA Cup. So we talked about the relegation system that goes down your Sunday leagues. The FA Cup is an annual tournament that gives every single team in England a chance to win, to be the best team in England. So it starts down those Sunday leagues, and they move up and up and up and up, and then the, the top leagues start joining in. So hypothetically, your Sunday league team could eventually face Chelsea. It's, it's just such a cool thing. So oftentimes it's the big ones that end up winning the FA Cup, but you have that fourth round of the FA Cup and you see Chelsea playing at looks like a neighborhood stadium because this team won a few games, got hot, and Chelsea entered the tournament at that time. So the FA Cup is every team in England um, and it's a huge, huge on like they, they all really go for that cup. And it's also a cool opportunity that the Premier League teams they let their second or third guys take care of the first couple of rounds. So it's really fun to be able to see. It's like if we got to watch the Panthers practice squad, you know, play a game. It's just you get to see these people are going to be the future of your club competing against, you know, some of the best players from other teams. Once you get into the Premier League, folks, if you're not already, you're going to be like, man, I wish football, man, I wish the NBA was like this because there's pride in where you're from. Like my friend in Key West who passed away, RIP Pete, he is from Tottenham, and he is a diehard fan. And I get it, right? You're from Philly. You're an Eagles fan. You're from Baltimore. You're a Ravens fan. You're from, you know, Dallas. Everyone's a Dallas fan. But my point is, like, it is deep-rooted. Like, they watch. They go to the minor league games. Like, they everything is all set up, and it's very unique that way. It really is. And, you know, you see these guys with their kids in the stands. It's just – it's a culture. Every team has a pub right next door to their stadium. That's the pub you go watch it at. 
Um, and it's what's so cool is if you start paying attention to the EPL, you really do get connected to the rest of the world because the whole world watches this, you know, and you can go anywhere in the world. If you're a Liverpool fan, you can find a Liverpool fan in pretty much every country. Okay. So we're going to touch on a few things here. First off, who is your favorite team, Nick? I'm a Liverpool guy. So once again, I, I know I'm lucky right now. My origin story, I was living in Senegal. Uh, Senegal's best player, Sadio Mane, was playing for Liverpool. He just recently left the team. So it's the I was watching a lot of Sadio Mane, a lot of Liverpool games, and also my Senegalese host family and friends, they were all Real Madrid Barcelona fans. So it was fun to be, you know, choose a different team than they had. And uh, you know, I just been watching ever since. So Liverpool's my team. I'll get into the reason that you should root for Liverpool. Um, but the, it's an amazing club, and uh, yeah, I'll be going there this year as well. Ted Lasso, did you watch the show? Yes. What did you think of the show as someone that's got a wealth of knowledge about the Premier League, and how was it portrayed? So I loved it, and uh, I remember when that skit came out, you know, like eight years ago, and NBC bought Premier League coverage, and they had Jason Sudeikis do this. I showed that to all my friends. I thought it was hilarious. I was thrilled to see that they made a show around it. Um, I think they do a really good job of portraying, you know, I don't know what it's like inside locker rooms, but the league as a whole, the tactics that they talk about, you know, like false nine and some of these other storylines that they come up with seem to be pretty accurate. You know, I, obviously it's, 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 it's a show and, you know, you can't set up like an American football play you know, to, to win a soccer game, but it's fun, man. And I think they capture the culture of that coach walking out, talking to all these people in the town, these guys take the buses to the games you know it's it's just a different culture there is a a big celebrity culture but kind of like lead these guys alone a little bit um so i think they do a really good job it's going to be interesting interesting to see the ripple effect of that show it was a huge show number one yeah. show probably during the pandemic i would assume which is probably wrong of me to do but that yeah, was top five show during the pandemic for sure and premier league was coinciding with it and it was unique yeah. in that sense and fun so and look what they did. They did. They had the FA Cup as a storyline. So, like I said, any team can win the FA Cup, and that's how that's what they chose as a lever. They had was it uh, Richardson, Rich um, Richmond, Richmond, Richmond going up, going to the FA Cup final, playing against Man City. That happens all the time. So I love that they did that. Yeah, it's really good stuff. It's a great show. If you watched, if you haven't watched Ted Lasso yet, you, it's a happy-go-lucky, fun show. It's starting to get a little dark, which is good, and I think that's going to be fun to see how it works out. Okay, I do want to ask you about this because Christian Pulisic is the best American player in the Premier League. He's the best American player on earth, I'm assuming. Yes. Uh, he plays for Chelsea. Talk about him, his impact on USA soccer and then soccer worldwide. He's been huge. He's the most important player in the history of um, American soccer, and he's 24 years old or 25 years old right now. Um, the fact is he was starting as an 18-year-old on Dortmund, which is one of the biggest teams, the second biggest team in Germany. Uh, he got bought for $55 million by Chelsea, going to one of the biggest clubs in the Premier League, and he plays and he scores. You know, there's only 22 guys on these teams, and an American is on a Champions League winning Chelsea. I think he's also revitalized the national team, and he's been a true leader of getting a lot of other guys to go to Europe and compete. The MLS is great. I hope the MLS turns into a great league. I hope I'm watching the MLS, but I'm just – I'm not. It's It's a – a lower quality product. And if we want America to compete on, a, on an international stage, we have to get our players out of the MLS over to Europe young. They needed to develop that touch. It's different. It's not like American football where 
You know, I, you can start as a freshman in high school and be a number one overall pick. You know, it's just the way that sport works. Touch and feel this game, it really starts at a young age, and Europeans know that, you know, and these kids grow up with balls. So Pulisic, uh, he's right now he's uh, having a little bit of trouble at Chelsea. He's not playing as much as he wants. There's some rumors of him moving. Um, we'll see. He says he's happy at Chelsea right now. They're actually here in America doing their preseason. He's showing all these guys, you know, he was talking, all these guys are asking him where to go out and they're in LA. And he's like, dude, I'm from Hershey, Pennsylvania. I have no idea what to do in Los Angeles, but like these European countries are smaller. So they think that, you know, they kind of know everything. Yeah. Um, but he's brought up this young crop of American players like Wes McKinney, Tyler Adams, Brennan Aronson. All these guys are playing at big time clubs. Sergino Dest is playing at Barcelona and he's starting. These are Americans starting on the biggest teams in Europe. It makes it really fun to watch. So American soccer is trending in the right direction? Certainly. So, and also the World Cup in 2026 is in America. And we have this young group of players right now that are all going to be hitting their primes in 2026. I've told my friends, I don't think America ever won a World Cup. I, I just, I think it's a reality. Very few countries do win World Cups when you look at it. Even Argentina's never won a World or not, pardon me, they've won two World Cups. They haven't won it with Messi, you know. The Netherlands has never won a World Cup, and they're like a dominant soccer powerhouse. But it is definitely trending up with these young guys competing on the top level. This year in the World Cup, it's going to be fun to see what they do. High pressure. It's this November in Qatar. But 2026, Canada, U.S., and Mexico are hosting the World Cup jointly, and it's going to be really fun. Our best team ever is going to be hitting at a time that we're hosting the World Cup. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Again. Biscuits and tea with Nikki B. <laughs> I moved to the rapid fire. This is going to be fun. Now, do you want to start with the bottom to the top or you want to top, top to bottom? So let's do bottom to the top because, you know, we're going to rapid fire some of these bottom teams and try to give you a reason to root for them. And then you can kind of see where these teams finished last year. So we're going to go rapid fire. Nick's going to say a few words or maybe more or maybe less, whatever he wants to do about every team. And really, Nick's going to describe a reason why you should root for him. Is that correct, Nick? Definitely. Because, you know, if you're new to the Premier League, you want to root for a team, I'm going to give you at least one reason to root for every single one of them, except Everton. I can't find a reason. <laughs> <laughs> so who are the three teams? Three teams got relegated. Burnley, Wofford, Norwich. They they went were all the way at the bottom. Leeds almost got relegated. Everton almost got relegated. Southampton, they're close. But Norwich City was brutal. I, I watched a lot of their games. I don't know why. They were on a lot. Of, they're on TV a lot. They had an American on their team, Josh Sargent. Okay. So who came in and replaced them? So bottom right now is Nottingham Forest. So they were fourth in the Champions last year. So a reason for Nottingham Forest. Another, you know, there's so much history with this game. Nottingham Forest has won two European championships, basically the Champions League equivalent back in the 80s. So this is a team that has been the top of European soccer. They've been down. They've been relegated for years now, and they're coming back in the Premier League. So do you want a team that's a huge underdog but has instant European credibility? Nottingham Forest is for you. So it's four teams got relegated. I'm sorry. Three. They do Three. a weird playoff system where the third and fourth played off on each other to see who went up to the Premier League. So Nottingham okay. Forest finished fourth but beat the team that was in third. Okay, so who's your third team? Second so team. then we have Burmouth coming up. My reason for Bournemouth, the ironclad American sports rule, root for the team that is closest to your home. Bournemouth is the closest to the East Coast of the United States, if you look on a map. 
They're not a very good team, but they're very close to you. So we got to follow the American sports rule. I love that. I love that. You're a true American, and that's a great point by you. Okay, so who is the who's the top team last year in the championship league? Fulham coming up. So a team with a lot of history, uh, a reason root for them. Two of their best players of all time are Americans, Clint Dempsey, Brian McBride. So they do an all-time best 11. They have two Americans on there. They already love Americans. It's a natural fit. They got a great kit, looking good. It's a fun team to root for. All right, so Leeds United finished with 38 points last year and 17th out of 20 teams in the Premier League. If I was a Liverpool fan, I'd be a Leeds fan. I think it's a perfect team for Americans to start rooting for. They have a deep, deep history. They have a huge fan base. Their biggest rivals are Man United. So for decades, they were a top team. They went down, financial troubles. They're back up now. They're looking good. Amazing fan base. They have an American coach who's buying up every young American player right now. So this coach just came in, bought the captain of the American team, Tyler Adams, bought Brendan Aronson over from Austria. So he's just bringing in Americans. So it's a fun team to, that kind of combines this American youth with this deep English history. How about Everton? I wasn't joking. I couldn't find a way, a reason to root for this team right now. Another amazing team. Oftentimes thought of as the seventh best team in the Premier League. You know, the big six, big seven. They're just down right now. You know, they, they don't have a culture of winning. They brought in Frank Lampard as their coach in the middle of last year. Frank Lampard is a Chelsea legend, was the Chelsea manager, got run out of town. That team ended up winning the Champions League to show that he had a lot of talent on that squad and couldn't make it work. They just sold their best player with Charleston. I, I, a reason to root for them, Tim Howard is a club legend, an American. So there, there's a reason. Southampton. It's the only place in England that actually has good weather. So when you're watching Southampton games, it's going to be sunny. It's beautiful. They got this captain, James Ward-Prowse, that crushes free kicks. Every time he goes up there for a free kick, there's a chance to score. So it's a fun team to watch. Austin, Aston Villa. Aston Villa, team with a lot of history. I think the biggest storyline with them is their coach, Steven Gerrard, Liverpool legend. Uh, you know, up and rising coach. He's the Liverpool coach in waiting, just kind of waiting for Jurgen Klopp to, to retire and move on. He bought up his old teammate, Liverpool, Phil Coutinho, who went to Barcelona for a bunch of money, burned out a little bit, back in the Premier League, doing really well, pairing up with his buddy Stevie G. It's going to be a fun team to watch. Awesome stuff from Chef Nicky P here. Brentford coming in 13th last year with 46 points. Not a lot of history. This team is the Moneyball team of the Premier League. They have a Moneyball system set up. That's how they got here. And they got in their first year ever in the Premier League and finished 13th. Pretty unbelievable what they're doing there. You know, guys are coming in, going out. But, you know, I, I think for a low, for a small market team to have that kind of money ball system set up there, I think they're going to be competitive. So there's a reason to report. CP, Crystal Palace coming in with 48, just above them at 12th. Yeah, it's a London team. You know, they're always competitive. They have a great, their coach is a legend. Patrick Vieira, great player. They have a big crop of young players, a lot of African players. Um, so it's it's young with a great coach, so they have potential. We got Newcastle United. Big story last year. You know, Newcastle, a team with a lot of history, has been really down the dumps, fighting relegation battles, got bought up by the Saudi government, basically. So they just got bankrolled with billions of dollars. Basically the Man City formula. They have a lot of aspirations. The owners have said they're going to dump money into this. So, you know, right now you can get them when they're not good yet. But, if you know, money money does win, and they have a lot of money right now. Speak about the Man City formula here before we get to them. Man City was also bought uh, by 
um, you know, UAE and Arab prints that just bump, dump billions of dollars in. So it changes the game where if you have a middle market team that says, you know, kind of we were talking about earlier, I'm going to buy this player when he's not very valuable, sell him when they're high. Man City is just like, I don't care. Buy him, buy him, buy him, buy him. We have an endless bankroll. It's turning into a big thing in, in European soccer. A lot of people are starting to talk about, you know, salary caps and things like this. But if you have a lot of money and you don't worry about losing money, you're going you're gonna to win some games. Interesting stuff. And it's the same I'm watching. I just finished up F1. And uh, there's a lot of things about money. and It's a great show, too, to watch. So I, I would love to do that. I'd love if they could find a way to do that with the Premier League. It's just tough with people. The racing side of it, there's just way more to it to film, I think. And that's why it's successful. Yeah, definitely. All right, coming in at 10. The Wolverhampton Wanderers, they struggled to, you know, to finish the last five games. Lost, draw, lost, draw, loss in their last five games of the season. And that's big, those last five games. They could have really, you know, they win those games or find a way to do better. They move up a lot faster. So 51 points for the Wanderers. And they still finished 10th. And the key to them is defense. You know, if you want to watch a team doesn't give up a lot of goals, watch the Wolves. They don't score a lot of goals, but they don't give up a lot of goals. You know, it's team game. Um, for some reason, they have a bunch of Portuguese players. Their, their coach is Portuguese. It's like, it's like the Portuguese national team over there. And they're really good at soccer. So if you like defense, Wolves is a team for you. Brighton coming in at ninth. Another place of pretty good weather down there on the beach. Uh, reason for Brighton is their coach, Graham Potter. They call his system Potterball. It's a beautiful game. He's an up and rising coach. He could basically take any big job he wants. He's deciding to stay at Brighton. He likes it there. I don't know how long he's going to be there, but... It's a middle market team that finished ninth last year, and they didn't do it by packing it in, doing counterattacks. They play complete soccer, and it's a fun team to watch. Coming in at eight, Leicester City. Leicester City, reason for them, they're one of the only they're the only non-big six team to ever win the Premier League. So in 2017, they came out of nowhere. Nowhere, nowhere, nowhere. Made this Cinderella run the entire year. Everyone thought. You know, it's not going to last. It's not going to last. They won the Premier League. So, you know, the Premier League has started in 1991. There's only been five teams total that have ever won it, or six Blackburns down down in the second division. But, um, you know, Tottenham's never even won the Premier League. So Leicester has won. There's a reason to report. How did they win it in 17 if you're coming out of nowhere, right? Because it's players, yeah, not, not coaches. But do they have the coach to make it go over the top? They had a good coach, but they had amazing players. Okay. Uh, you know, Conte is currently on Chelsea. Mares is currently on Man City. His guys are scoring goals. Jamie Vardy is still their striker, and he just scored a lot of goals. This guy's a crazy story. Played down in the fifth, sixth, eighth division, just kind of a Sunday player. Um, just kept working his way up. He's older. He's in his mid-30s, but he's had a, a late career, and guy loves scoring goals. When you say a Sunday player, explain that to our fans. You know, I would say it's more my term, but just a guy that didn't have aspirations to be in the Premier League. You know, just want to play, kind of like want to play a competitive game on Sundays. You know, get his juices flowing, scream some guys, rip some goals. You know, Jamie Vardy, I can't, I never met the guy. He kind of seems like the asshole you want on your team, you know, and that's who this guy is. I love it. I love how I say fans too, instead of listeners like our fans. <laughs> West Ham United, 56 points last year. Did not have a solid finish of the season either. Started really strong. Uh, struggled towards the end of the year. Really good team. Uh, reason root for them, 
if you've ever watched uh, Green Street Hooligans, that's West Ham. Uh, their song is I'm Forever Blowing Bubbles. So you'll hear their entire fan base singing about bubbles. They release bubbles into the stadium. It's a fun atmosphere. Um, and, you know, they're the top team out of the big six to finish last year. So if you want to start rooting for a team that is not one of these big six teams that we're about to get into, West Ham is looking pretty strong. Nick mentioned it here. We're jumping into the uh, the big six. And one of the, the probably the, let's, at this point in time, the wealthiest, the most expensive franchise in the world and Manchester United coming in with 58 points. And they're as low as they've ever been. So last year, they finished the lowest point total in the history of, of uh, Manchester United in the Premier League. So they had this coach, Sir Alex Ferguson, for decades. The guy won 13 titles, knighted, absolute legend, ran the club. Since he's retired, they just haven't been able to figure it out. They've really been struggling. Last year was, was the pits. They brought in a new coach from Ajax coming out of Netherlands. The guy seems promising. So I, I think the coach is a positive move. They need to revamp this entire squad. They have like two or three players that are going to stay. The new coach has come in and pretty much said as much. Um, they need to ship out a lot of these guys and just get back to a winning culture. And right now, I don't see it happening this season. We'll see maybe next season. Talked about winning culture. Arsenal's one that's won a lot. Uh, they came in fifth. They won a lot, and they do it well. Sometimes to their own faults, where they try to play the beautiful game. And they really are. They're a beautiful team to watch. They play really cool soccer. It's a passing game, beautiful goals. They have a motivated coach. Um, and they have a really young core. I think Arsenal is a great team to start rooting for right now. They have a lot of guys in their early 20s that are playing really well together and are, are going to be Arsenal gunners for a long time. So if you start watching now, you have players you can follow their whole career. Number four, my team, the Tottenham Hotspurs. This goes to you, my man. This goes to me? Wow. <laughs> oh, man. First off, I love their colors. The white and blue are fantastic. Their clean look. It's a professional outfit. It's number one stadium in the world, pretty much at this point, at this juncture. NFL, when they go over and play their games over in England, that's where they play their games. I'm bummed we missed that bid uh, two years ago uh, during the the COVID year. Uh, Harry Kane, Song, they have just studs that get it done up front. I love their goalie, the Frenchman, Hugo. He's hysterical. I mean, I've, my, my reason why I say that is a buddy of mine, shout out to JB Laporte our physical trainer with the Carolina Panthers. He's a Hugo fan. So we talk about Hugo. Uh, Conti, the coach, is energetic and funny, and the fans feed off him. And he came in last year. They fired their coach midseason, and the team took off like a rocket. Yep. Uh, so the two you know, goal scorers, the goalie, the huge offseason they had here, the stadium – you know, I, I don't want to say up and coming team because obviously they're in the top six, but an up and coming team. They're in the Champions League. They made the moves, it seems, to support their move to the Champions League. They probably needed some more depth and they went and got it. Yep. So correct me if I'm wrong, Nick, any of that, but I, I, I like our Spurs, my Spurs this year. I think you're spot on. You know, I think they're going to finish third, if not even competing for a second place this year. I think they're loaded. Hyun Ming Sung. Uh, tied for the Golden Boot last year, which is the award they give to the top goal scorer with Mohamed Salah from Liverpool. But Human Song didn't take a single penalty. Salah, I think, took 10 penalties. And that, you know, it's a goal is a goal. So this guy is scoring 20 goals, ripping shots from outside the box. 
he's like the president of South Korea. This guy is an international sensation. He didn't take a penalty kick? Not a single one of his goals were penalties. Harry Kane takes penalties for that team. He does take the penalties for that team. And the thing that people don't understand, too, is like it came down to the last game, and he still almost won it. Yeah, he had like a hat trick on the last day. Mohamed Salah had to score on the last day in order to retain a tie for the golden boot. So this guy is he's huge, he's fast. I don't even know what foot he is. Like he's so talented with both feet. He's got a huge smile. He's got a face for the camera. They're they're a fun team to watch. They are. Harry Kane's fun. I'm bummed he didn't I'm happy he didn't leave because I know he was thinking about leaving this all season, but yeah. Conti's a big part of it. Uh, you know, good for him was saying I'm, I need this needs to change because he knows what soccer's supposed to look like. It, you know, professional professionally done. I'll say this the game last year against Manchester City was incredible. When they won with no time left, then they had a couple of goals get called back from all sides, all these different things. I, that had me hooked. You know, it really had me hooked. We were actually – You know, we were talking about earlier at the end of games, the the time wasting, the falling down, that happens. But we also have to acknowledge that last-minute goals happen all the time. It Like once a week, there's a thrilling end of a game. It's also just part of the culture of the game that those guys go for it at the end and oftentimes score. Chelsea – Coming in above my Spurs at three. Chelsea is just a cool team. They're stylish. They're from London. Um, Christian Pulisic, our best player, plays for them. They have a great history. And they had a a pretty good offseason, a tumultuous offseason. They lost their two center backs. So basically, they're owned by a Russian oligarch who was forced to sell the team. During that process, they weren't allowed to bring anyone in. They weren't allowed to re-sign anyone. So they lost two of their best players just because they couldn't Signed them to contracts under English law. They replaced them with Raheem Sterling coming over from Man City and Koulibaly, Samahari, my Senegalese friend coming over from Napoli in Italy. The guy's a beast center back. So they're reloaded. They got a good coach and they, they're going to be a, a good team again. Lots of drama, lots of interesting things going on in our world that are affecting sports. Obviously, uh, Liverpool coming in at second, one point behind yeah. Manchester City. So reason root for Liverpool is the system. Liverpool is going to perform every single game. They don't have this hot run. I'm going to win five in a row and then not look like, where is Liverpool? They're not winning a couple in a row. Every game they come out and compete because their coach, Jurgen Klopp. This guy is just seems to be a dream coach to work, to play for. You know, he's got a system. He supports his players. He's high energy. You know, heavy metal soccer, like I said before, they are pressing at all times. They never give you a second to breathe. All over the all over the globe, they are dominating teams. You know, last year they lost in the Champions League finals, tough, one nothing Real Madrid. You know, they won the Champions League two years ago. They won the Premier League two years ago. Uh, you know, last year with Man City, they tied them twice. It's just it's a really exciting team right now with an amazing group of players. They lose players, they bring new players in. It's the system, and I'm confident as long as Aaron Klopp is going to be there, this team is going to be fun to watch. The champs, Manchester City. <sighs> Dude, they're so good. They're just unbelievably good. You know, they Pep Guardiola was in Barcelona with Messi, dominated Champions League. Went to Bayern Munich, Lewandowski and crew, dominated Champions League. Comes over to England, you know, takes Man City. Man City is not a traditionally good team. You know, they're bought with someone with a lot of money and they brought in Pep Guardiola. They had some success before Pep came in, but Pep has made them a global powerhouse. Also, this team has changed the game. 
they've bought clubs all over the globe. So like NYCFC, the MLS squad in New York, that's a Manchester City affiliate. So basically they have feeder programs across the entire globe that are just finding players in every single corner and then funneling them towards Man City. So what's the reason for Man City? They're going to win for a really long time. Their squad is unbelievable. They're too deep at every single position. They just bought the number one transfer target in the entire globe. This kid is like 19 years old. He's going to dominate for a decade. It, they're just, they're going to be amazing again. Chef Nikki P, biscuits and tea with Chef Nikki P, talking EPL. Anything before we move on? I would say, no, let me think about this, Colin. You're sorry. Um, Chef Nikki P is 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 thinking how to finish and <laughs> absolutely just mic dropped folks at home. He's got the hat. He's killing the game, Damn. and you know I'm excited for what you're doing cooking wise. Do we need to delegate to some cooking stuff, or you feel like you have your head right here? What do you want to finish? Love, I would love some sous chefing from you. Yeah, check me out chefnickbrown.com. Love cooking with Colin. He's got great knives. Got a great kitchen. Doesn't know how to cook. Sydney, his wife is a good cook, and she's got she's got an eye for food too. You know, she's got the fun Instagram, and uh, no, dude, I'm really excited. You know, I was happy to see you all around July 4th. Looking forward to watching this season. Um, you know, hopefully we'll catch you around the bye week. But uh, yeah, just excited for everything we got coming. Dude, I think you killed it. I mean, I know you killed it. That's unbelievable. You just got 53 minutes, folks, of just absolute spitting facts with Chef Nikki P. This is our first version of Biscuits and Tea with Chef Nikki P. Thank you so much for joining us, brother, and looking forward to having you back on here soon. Thanks, man. Appreciate it.